What's up, movie friends? Welcome back to another episode of Letterboxd Recap, where we go through the movies we've been watching this past week, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 Favorites of 5 listeners. Now, before we get into it, James, I just want to let you know that all the shit you were talking about, this Tom Cruise movie draft, and your team was going to decimate mine. Oh, how the turntables... When turned. did I say decimate? When did I say decimate? Because right, right now, it's a 60-40 percentage. 60 me, 40 you. So all that shit talking got you nowhere. I just want to let you know that the victory is feeling very sweet right now. Well, I'm curious. How many burner accounts did you make and vote for yourself for Spotify for Anthony? You didn't say it, was against, it wasn't against the rules. So I want a recount. Nobody said I want a recount. You probably have 57 burner accounts set up and just voting for yourself. That's, the, that's the only way you can accept defeat is, is, is if I cheated. I didn't say you cheated. I just said you have some burner accounts. That would be cheating, though. You probably have some burner accounts. Just accept it, man. I picked a better Tom Cruise team than you. You know what? I do accept it. Um, uh, losing the top pick to Top Gun Maverick was obviously starting off on the wrong side of the of the draft. But it is what it is. I accept defeat. Even it though wasn't just the first pick. All right. All right. I know it wasn't just the first pick. You have a really good team. Thanks. You did. It was an Thanks. excellent team. But, you know, we're doing a Christmas movie draft on Christmas Day. And I think that that's where I'm going to get you. I got you in the Christmas draft. That's what you said about Tom Cruise, though. Yeah, well, this is a sure thing. I don't know. I think my team's looking pretty good. You're a little arrogant, you know. You he wins one movie draft, and look at this guy. He thinks he's the man. He's like he's cracking his back over there. He's cracking his knuckles like he's the king of the world. Well, we were all also talking about how I've won the movie trivia episodes. As oh, well. right, that's so a we did totally the, different so thing. We did the Harry Potter that's trivia. Totally different thing. Well, we did the Harry Potter trivia. Subjective. I won, and we did the. Uh, random movie trivia and I won well the thing with that is we should have done it where we both write this, write our answers on a whiteboard and reveal because some of them were a little easier than the others some of them were a little harder than the others depending on who was getting asked the question so uh, we're going to have to do another trivia but next time we do trivia or a trivia contest we are both answering at the same are time are you saying I had easy questions you had hard questions I'm not saying at, I, it's not, that's putting words in my mouth I'm just saying that's what you said yesterday I'm just saying that there are a couple of meatballs that were worth quite a few points that got thrown in your direction there are also some very hard ones thrown in my direction that I got correct. Hard for you. And there you. are quite a few that there's a there's a few you got wrong that I stole from you as well. True. Yes. Yeah, I, I will I will admit that. Okay. That happened for sure. You got a couple of meatballs as well. Yeah, but they were only worth like one point. Oh, okay. You had a couple three pointers okay. meatballs. Those sure. were some those were some if you don't knock it out of Fenway Park, then what so, are you doing? So and why'd you lose the Harry Potter one? The Harry Potter one, that was a that was you know, you caught me on a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> having a bad week you know you know you know how sometimes you get the brain fog <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i'm pretty sure you grilled for that one too you, you studied up for that one <laughs> <laughs> james did the audiobooks for two weeks <laughs> hey you might beat me at something we'll see we'll see i could kick your butt <laughs> i don't know about that beat you in a race <laughs> okay you can outrun me congrats there we go i'm not gonna try to take that away from you <laughs> all right well, let's get into letterbox recap number 28 anthony and i have been really busy the last week we've been working on a very secret project it's going to be dropping at the end of january we can't wait for people to finally see what it is We've had to be very secretive. We're under NDA contracts, so we cannot discuss it at all. But just be assured, you're gonna lose your goddamn minds when you find out what we've been doing all week. It's I, pretty cool. I will say we've been at, we've been asked this a couple of times. We 
uh, Warner Brothers did not ask us to make a Marauders TV show. That no, did I not wish. happen. I wish. It, I wish. Has that been asked? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Within a within a month, we got into production. They listen. I wish. To, they listen to the podcast episode. They're like, I'm hundred million dollars. Let's go. I mean, if they wanted to save their brand, yeah, that would be that, that would have been smart from them. Actually, absolutely. I yeah. mean, it's a no brainer to but give us hundred yeah. million dollars to make a Marauders show. But, but unfortunately, it's not a Marauders TV show for Max. So sorry about that. But it's very cool. And it's a big deal. It's the biggest deal we've ever done. It's the coolest thing biggest we've thing. done. It's the coolest thing we've done. And we cannot wait. At the end of January, it will be released. And it's going to be awesome. Just, but, but, yeah. but we can't reveal at all or, or else we'll get sued what it is. We can't talk about it. Yeah, but we spent the last week and a half preparing for it. And last then, three weeks yeah, preparing for yeah, it. Yeah, preparing for <laughs> it for a long time. So a lot of our free time has been taken up with this preparation. And then eventually the actual production uh, this hap- that happened this week. So we've just been super swamped with that project. But now that's behind us and we're, we had a great time. It was an amazing experience. And we can't wait for everybody to see this super duper secret project. But now we can watch movies again. Yeah, I only have three. I have logged. five. I only have five. And I had five last week. So this is all time lows for me. Yeah, you better get those numbers up. I'm embarrassed. Those are worse than my numbers usually. I know, I'm embarrassed. Well, no, you're usually like, your average is a five or a four. No, that's not true at all. I usually get seven. That's, my average that's is not my true. average is a seven. Your average is a five, bro. At best. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You are high as a kite, man. Serious. You are high as a kite. I your am, average is a four point eight. That's total BS. <laughs> Go look seven, at my log, man. Go look at my log. Seven, my ass. It's bullshit. Seven, my ass. I always because I no. You're always a couple <laughs> ahead of me with like ten or eleven. I'm always I'm in the always high, double you. I'm always in the high singles. <laughs> high singles. I'm not saying you never get seven. Sometimes you get up to seven, but to say that. Because the running gag is that you never, you don't, I watch a movie a day and you don't watch a movie a day. Yeah, but that doesn't mean, no, your, se- your average is not seven. It's not seven. You, you just, e- you're not that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. You're not that you're guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you're not that guy. You're not that guy. <laughs> your average is five. Just take me. it. You're not that guy. Take it. <laughs> I love that video. You're not that guy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Your average is a 4.8, but I'll give you five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Now, the first movie I watched to start this week was a Ridley Scott movie that I actually had not watched before. It might be the only one I haven't watched. It's The Counselor. Sorry, Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, Penelope Cruz, Cameron Diaz, and Bradley Pitt. I don't know who... The, uh, Bradley Pitt. Bradley Pitt? Yeah, Bradley Pitt. Bradley. Some, some guy named Bradley, Bradley Pitt. Like Bradley yeah, Pitt? Yeah, Bradley Pitt. Like Lee's a middle name? Yeah, I've never heard of him, but he's a pretty good actor. Now, this movie is good and bad and really weird in a fun way but also just like kind of just like in a way what's going on here yeah so it's about so mike fassbender plays a very successful counselor it's actually written by Cormac mccarthy he plays a successful counselor who has invested a million dollars in a drug deal to make a huge amount of money off of it and so once he gets involved in these criminal enterprises things don't turn out the way that he was hoping they would it's got a weird first hour and a half, and it kind of is like what hard to follow in a, in a bit of a bit of a way. But the final ten minutes is fucking great, though. The, like what happens to these characters at the end is unbelievable. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but something's done to Brad Pitt that was just I was shocking and I was shocked and I was screaming, and I was just like all, also mind blown. It was absolutely crazy. And then same thing with Fassbender and Penelope Cruz and, and Javier Bardem. Like it's really cool how the movie ended, but to get there, it was actually kind of a slog. It was kind of um, in a. I mean, for Ridley Scott, I know he says this is one of his favorite movies he's ever done, 
But I watched it and I was just like, I don't really see that. I can't even put it in the same category as half of his movies, in my opinion. And for Cormac McCarthy, I love the writer. He's a, he's a brilliant writer, but like this movie was just like, it just didn't quite flow at all. And it was hard to get into it. That being said, it was really well made, really well acted. Uh, Fassbender, uh, in a lot of ways, carried it. There are some really cool scenes. There are some awesome moments in this film, but they were too far, too few and far in between. Uh, ultimately, I gave it a 3.5 out of 5. It's a pretty good movie. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is one of those movies which is which put, takes people out of the Ridley Scott being one of the best directors of all time conversations. You know, he's made so many greats, but then he has a couple that are just kind of a mid, yeah. for lack of a better it's term. A mid movie. They're not uh, up to par with the, his best films. You know, Blade Runner, Gladiator, Alien, even The Martian's a great movie, The Last Duel. But the Ca- Counselor's just not there. House of Gucci's not there. So I think because he has movies in his repertoire and his filmography that aren't great... It takes him out of the conversation for a lot of people, but I still think he is. And I didn't love The Counselor, but it's got some great elements to it. It had a really good trailer. I'll give it that. And it was exciting. It was an exciting movie because Cormac wrote the script. He didn't base it off one of his. It wasn't based off one of his novels. Rest in peace. So I think you know he's one of the best American writers ever. It's an interesting movie, and it's actually pretty deep. There's some cool um, metaphors and themes going on in it, but ultimately it just like kind of missed the mark. Although there's a very underrated. And unlike Ridley Scott movie, that's kind of similar. And it, same kind of reaction is A Good Year with Russell Crowe. And I watched it earlier this year, and I loved it. It's a really nice, it's a really sweet romance film. Um, I actually really like that one. I gave it um, three and a half stars as well, but it also, it's under, it's a three rating on the letterbox. So, but uh, whereas The Counselor, it's not as good as I was wanting it to be. The Good Year was much better than I was expecting it to be. All right, my turn. First of all, I changed my four favorites because it's December now. I went with my oh, four nice. favorite Christmas movies. So I have number one, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Number two, I have Die Hard. Number three, I have Gremlins. And number four, I have Edward Scissorhands. And I chose the most Christmassy posters for all Let's four of them. Oh, nice. You have the sweater one for Die Hard. Yeah, it's That's a awesome. green. The poster's a green Christmas sweater. It says, Oh, my ho, God, ho, I love ho. this theme. Yeah. And the, the Gremlins one, it's Gizmo with the Santa Claus hat. And he's like playing a, a little, that little arcade machine that he gets that's great it's really cool i love the nightmare before christmas poster too that's awesome yeah it's really cool and so my first watch of the week was actually a hayao miyazaki film his latest the boy in the heron which i think was astounding exceptional filmmaking and storytelling the animation was gorgeous every frame from this movie could hang in a gallery could hang in a museum it was just so well made and i gave it four and a half stars and i wrote a sensational epic and yet another classic from miyazaki like I said, every frame can hang in a museum. With the film's immense beauty and meticulous detail, Robert Pattinson's performance is bonkers. If you've seen this movie, we saw, well, I saw the IMAX versions, the first Ghibli movie, uh, Studio Ghibli movie to be released in IMAX, actually. Oh. And also, I saw the American or the English language dubbed version. 
which is, it looked really great and sounded awesome. Robert Pattinson plays the most ridiculous character ever. And when I was trying to figure out who he was, I didn't look up the cast list beforehand. I just knew he was in it. <laughs> when I found out, I'm like, I figured it had to be this guy and it ended up being him. I'm like, that's insane. Robert Pattinson just pulling it out. This crazy, gr- great voice with this insanely interesting character. But it's an excellent story about family, about life, about death, about, you know, different levels of, of consciousness, about time. We got a little bit of a references or, or kind of the same similar storytelling to things you see in The Matrix Reloaded in terms of the doors where you can enter different points in time and realities or parts of the world. We're in different planes of the afterlife, present day, our, our world, our plane. Yeah, we saw a trailer before the film we saw today. It yeah. looked great. As well as sort of... Uh, the source of humanity and consciousness. It's a really great film that sort of dives into all these huge ideas, which I think Miyazaki just plays so well, like an instrument on top of his film in its beauty. And it makes you think. This movie makes you think. And it's also a great movie about loss and grief, as well as, like I said, family, fatherhood, a motherhood, and being a son. And I, I really thought it was really touching and beautiful. And I, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Aw, that's so sweet. Thank you. Now, let's get into the letterbox top four of five of our listeners. However, I will say, two, the, my, two of my next movies were are now on my top ten of the year. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Dude, me too. So let's, we, there's some good movies coming in late this year. Now, let me pull up the letterbox top four of five of our amazing listeners. And first up this week, we have Steven. Steven Janusik, who's an awesome fan, works at a movie theater. We've uh, seen him at the New Bev a couple of times. Great listener. Awesome movie fan. Steven has the Doc Knight guy. Yes. The Doc Knight. Yes. Then Gladiator. Oh, my God. Come on. My taste. What a one-two punch. That's what I'm talking about. This is why we get along, Steven. Paddleton, which I haven't seen, but it looks like a tennis movie. Paddleton. Paddleton. What? What is Paddleton? Can you Google that? I mean, IMDb that. And Paddleton. then we have Paddleton. Yeah. Then we have the thing. Wow. Okay. I gotta see Paddleton. If he's got those three in Paddleton, hmm, very curious. And recently, he's watched Oppenheimer, American Werewolf in London, and The Woman in Black, which I think is a pretty good horror movie. Oh, it's a tennis movie with the one with Ray Romano and Mark Duplass came out in 2019 on Netflix. Oh, I I love those two guys. Okay, I gotta check that out then. I love Ray and Duplass. Steven, thanks for sending that in. Appreciate it, pal. Next up, we have Kelly77777 on Patreon. I mean, on Letterboxd with Bill Murray for a photo. I love it. (laughs) So Kelly has American Graffiti. Great pick. Then George Lucas. Another George Lucas film, The Empire Strikes Back. All right. All right. The best Star Wars movie. And then another George Lucas film. Whoa. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Produced. I, I know that. I yeah. didn't say he directed it. It's a, well, it's a Lucas you kind of production. insinuated that he directed it when you said two movies that are directed by George Lucas. I didn't say that. I said another film by. I know those are. I said another film by. No, it's a film by Steven Spielberg. I wouldn't say it's a film by George Lucas. Then I said another I, I then I said another Lucas film. I didn't say another film by. I didn't say directed by. I said I'm another. just saying the way you worded it insinuated that he made it. So, what, Anthony, what, are, you, what, are you aware that Steven Spielberg made... The Indiana Jones films. What um? What's the t- what's that? And when you have the title credit roll of Raiders Lost Ark, does it say Lucasfilm? 
Lucasfilm's yeah, the production it company. Says Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Who came up with the idea for Indiana Jones? It was Stephen and George. No. Nope, nope. It was George Lucas's idea. Was it? Yeah. He asked him to direct it. It, motherfucker. Was, it was actually my idea. Motherfucker. It was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So if I gave you an idea for a book and you wrote the book, it'd be a book. It'd be your book. Steven Spielberg didn't write it. <laughs> he directed it. I never said No, I'm just saying. Okay, you just said a book. I'm comparing. You just said if I wrote the book. But I'm, I'm comparing making a book <laughs> and making a movie. I'm, Obviously, there's a lot more components to making. Did a movie. he make the story? Or was the story already made? And he yeah, they made it together. Visualized the story. Yeah, they made the story together. Moving on, it's a it's a George Lucas film. I'm just giving you a hard That's time. Well. I know. I'm just shooting down all of you. I just want to make sure you knew that George Lucas didn't direct it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna fucking th- throw this tripod off your face. <laughs> you couldn't lift that over your head. I'm gonna kill you with this nutcracker. That nutcracker couldn't crack my nuts at all. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's hungry. <laughs> Jimmy. Anthony is currently opening the nutcracker's mouth. Give me your nuts, on Jim. End table. <laughs> I'm hungry. Actually, I'm kind of worried now. <laughs> now the tuxedo seemed fucked up. But now we have another Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> Jurassic Park. A film by George Lucas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> George Lucas production of Jurassic Park. <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. We've been, we've been ranting your whole entire top four. <laughs> no, it makes it the most special one ever. Yeah, this is the most ridiculous one. Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> Kelly's been on a tear of love movies. So Casablanca, Perks of Being a Wallflower, 500 Days of Summer, and La La Land. Love. Yeah, movies about love. Also, great poster selections, Kelly. These are awesome. <laughs> All right, next up, we have Levi John Ramsey. Levi like the that's jeans. That's a great name. <laughs> Levi like the jeans on Letterboxd. I love it. What's <laughs> an, that's an excellent name. That's so Levi good. Levi John Ramsey? Yeah. Sounds like a fucking superhero Levi or, John or an A-lister like in Hollywood. Yeah. What a great name. And then he has E.T. wearing a dress for his photo. <laughs> <laughs> that's spot on. <laughs> All right, first up, we got The Prestige. Why are you watching Why? <laughs> I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Then Levi has one. The f- Nina, the Pinta, the, the Santa, Santa Maria. <laughs> every time, every I, time come, I come, I produce a court. Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, that's disgusting. <laughs> then uh, Levi has one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Great pick. Great pick. Training. Love- I'm sorry. I love how one flew over the cuckoo's nest got a bunch of kind of. Re, a, a discovery by the youth, the youths, the youths, the youths, <laughs> like Joe Pesci says in youths. in um my cousin Vinny. The youths got into. Did you just watch that? Because we that's the second time you referenced my cousin Vinny in the last twenty four hours. I haven't seen it in like a decade. You just love it. I just, it's a great movie. But I remember, I always remember he says the youths in it. Um, but one flew over the cuckoo's nest. It got put on Netflix like last year, and just people were talking about it and seeing it. I think a lot of people saw it for the first time, which is really cool. That's awesome. The Utes, sorry. It is a one, it's an all time. Did you say Utes? Yeah, I said Utes. The Utes. Utes. That's when the judge says. Are you saying oh, Utes? I, I got it. I've seen the movie. <laughs> it's a George Lucas film. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin Vinny in space. <laughs> <laughs> then we have from Levi, we in the office, baby. <laughs> Training day. Ain't like a held a gun to your head. And <laughs> she ever been wet? You like to get wet, Jake? <laughs> Didn't know you like to get wet, Jake. <laughs> But naked. <laughs> PCP. Angel dust. Then we got E.T., the extraterrestrial. Great pick. Wow. I like that top four. Well, obviously, E.T.'s is number one with the that profile photo. Yeah. It's a great photo. 
Levi John Ramsey. What a, again? What, <laughs> James is in love with your what name. What a great name it is. <laughs> like I can just see that on a you poster. You can't get over it. I've never heard that name before. It's so unique. <laughs> then uh, Levi John Ramsey. Has one. <laughs> like we can only refer to him as three names. Doesn't this sound great? Levi John Ramsey has recently watched Where the Crawdads Sing, Philadelphia, great Jonathan Demme movie, Oppenheimer, and then Awakenings, another Steven Spielberg film. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Penny Marshall erasure over here. Of course, Anthony would erase a female director from history. Oh, get out of here. You didn't have a problem with anyone else I said that to. Get out of here. Canceled. We got him, boys and girls. We got him. Yeah, we're the girls. The feds are late with that. The feds are kicking you're, in the doors. <laughs> have you been Twitter live streaming this? The got him police are here. <laughs> the got him police. <laughs> Oh my god This is the silliest letterbox recap ever Alright moving on to Blaine Blaine Stamps Blaine, Like Blaine Stamps Blaine Another great name Stamps, <laughs> Stamps. Not many people's names are a sentence Blaine Stamps sounds like a <laughs> like, private detective in a noir You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But like his name's a sentence Put a period at the end of it That's a subject and verb right there What's the subject? Oh Blaine, Blaine Stamps? Yeah, like yeah. He Blaine Stamps something, something. Oh, yeah. oh yeah like in terms of like a There's name no noun but it's, you know it's workable Yeah workable <laughs> it's doable all right blaine <laughs> sorry blaine's like just please just rate my top four like my god <laughs> he's like listen to this right now like where did i get it myself i'm crying, I'm crying. <laughs> all right blaine has uh silence of the lambs another jonathan demi movie nice back-to-back demi interstellar interstellar <laughs> where the boston accent come from i said another jonathan demi movie and it's just like i was like i'll stick with it interstellar kid it, fucking interstellar fucay, guys. Inter Coop, just, Coop, don't, make me, don't make me leave don't Coop let me Coop go Coop <laughs> Come on, Taz. Math, math. Come on, Taz. It's not Murph, it's math. Come on, Taz. Taz. <laughs> Taz. Taz, kid. Taz, was he human setting, guy? Human setting down to 60, Taz. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Raging Bull. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. And then another George Lucas film, The Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> what a great top two. I like The Irishman at a top pick. That's a bold move. It's a bold move, Cotton. Raging Bull in there, excellent film. Irishman is going to go down as a great movie. People don't know yet. <laughs> they don't know yet. <laughs> and then recently, Blaine has watched Cabin in the Woods, How to Train Your Dragon, Knock at the Cabin, one star. I mean, I can't disagree with you on that. <laughs> then, <laughs> then Black Swan. Four and a half stars. Nice. Nice. See you later, Blaine. I like it. Thanks See you later, Blaine Stamps. Now we got Tyler. Tyler rating on Letterboxd. Quote, to see the world, things get thing, things dangerous to come to the sea, behind walls, to draw closer, to find each other, and to feel that is the purpose of life. Do you know what movie that's from? I, I, you sounded like you had a stroke while you read it, so I couldn't flow with it in, in my brain. Incorrect. It's actually <laughs> The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure what you do with that guess, but it was The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That oh, was man, the answer. I thought that was the one bit. <laughs> All right, Tyler. <laughs> Did you Tyler John Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you said Tyler Ratings. No, no, I was just adding Levi's awesome name to it. Don't no, you can't give someone else his name. It's a perfect name. You're right. Don't you're be right. trying to push Levi's name onto other people. All right. 
Tyler already has a great name. Not on other people. <laughs> other people kid. Yeah, guy. This is actually a dope ass top four. You're gonna like this one. Ford versus Ferrari. Nice. Oh, I thought you were, I was gonna get more my over. second favorite movie by James Mangold. James Mangold, your favorite director. I almost blanked on that. My second favorite civil engineer. What's the your favorite? Three ten. Logan. Where's three ten? Probably like three or four. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you not put three ten on your top two Mangold movies? Three ten eraser. <laughs> that social media in a nutshell. <laughs> you were talking about that with someone the other day, where like you can just say a random fact, like I like pancakes on Twitter or on Instagram, or you just say, oh, I love pancakes, they're the best, and then people would be like, what about waffles? What about French toast? French toast eraser. <laughs> pancakes are mid. What are you talking about? Like I just like pancakes. All right, next up, Tyler has Rear Window. What a pick. What a pick. What a picture. What a, picture. What a pick. Shawshank. Amazing. And then, I think this might be the first time we've had this one on. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Very cool pick. Man, I fucking love that movie. Maybe I'll watch that soon. Because I just watched this thing. Need a little more Paul Newman in your life? And Robert. Yeah. Same director, too. And then Tyler recently has watched The Big Lebowski. Five stars. Whiplash, five stars. Moneyball, five stars. The Walk, four stars. Those are good ratings. Those are bangers. Yeah. I can um I can get behind those. The the documentary The Walk's based on, unless this is the documentary, is really great. Would you give Moneyball a five? I would give Moneyball I mean, let me see. Maybe I, I have I would give Moneyball a <clears throat> four and a half. That's probably what I give it. But I think it's an excellent. So why movie. is it not a five? It's not a. It's not a. F- I mean, The Godfather's a five. We gotta have. Right, I gave it four and a half. I have a spectrum. I gave it four and a half. You know, I can't give everything a five. I wish I could, but I you can know. see it being a five though. It's great. And yeah, it's an awesome movie. It's really, really well made. So you hate it though? I've seen it like six times. I don't know why, but like I've seen it that many times. I really enjoy it. I mean, you don't have to know why. You just feel it. I just feel, feel it in my yeah, bones. I just feel it. All right, that's bones and all. Thanks to everybody for sending in your letterbox top four favorites to Raiders of the Lost Podcast. If you'd like to send in yours. All you gotta do is send a screenshot of your top four and DM it to us on the gram. All right, let's get into our next watches. The next one we watched together, right? Or did you watch one in between? I watched uh, something else. Oh, yeah, you did. Get into it. I watched May, December, Todd Haynes' new film. Really good. Uh, Todd Todd Haynes is a super talented director. I love uh, most of his work. And he doesn't make that many movies, but so when he does make a movie, it's like, you know it's gonna be great. This stars Natalie Portman, Julian Moore. Charles Melton, and another uh, uh, rest of an ensemble of mostly young and new actors. The cast is fantastic. Most notably, Charles Menton. I had I don't think I'd ever seen him in a movie before, but I was aware of him being an actor. He was in uh, I like I'd seen posters of movies he's in, like The Sun Is Also a Star. Uh, but he is really <clears throat> fantastic in this film. He's got a very strange, unique role. So the film is about Natalie Portman, who's a famous Hollywood actress, who's now playing the role of Julianne Moore, her character in an upcoming adaptation of her life. Now, Julianne Moore's character was famous in the press uh, 15 years earlier because, <clears throat> pardon me, she All had, the laughing just like th- ruined your throat, man. Yeah, I think so. Because she began an affair with a 14-year-old boy played by Charles Menton. Now they actually they have a family. They have like three kids. And so the rights to their life story have been sold to a production company and they're casting right now. And, and Natalie Portman is playing her. 
And so Portman's character is now visiting that family for about a week to research her role. Like doing method acting kind of? Not or method. I mean, yeah, method acting. She's trying to get her mannerisms down. Uh, Julianne Moore's character, Elizabeth, speaks with a lisp, but also she's just a strange person. She getting, she's interviewing uh, members of the family, interviewing friends. Uh, the couple actually stay, they still live in the, in the area they grew up. So it's, uh, it's actually on an island right off the coast, so... Uh, it's a tight-knit community, so it's pretty easy for her to research and just go around and interview people. But things start... The lines between what's what's investigation and what's preparation for a role get blurred to... It, she's getting way too close. She's affecting their lives negatively. And I don't want to spoil anything, but it gets pretty, pretty interesting. And Todd Haynes is a really cool director. He's made... It's not his best film, but he's made films like Carol might be his best movie... I'm Not There, Velvet Underground, um, Far From Heaven, a bunch of great movies. Ultimately, the film relies heavily on acting, and it, Julianne Moore is sensational. Natalie Portman is great as always, but you know, for Natalie Portman role, it's not as juicy as I was expecting it to be. Julianne Moore had uh, a lot more freedom, but Charles Menton, he surprised me. He's fantastic. He plays a role of like, a, he's a 36-year-old father who's youngest children are now going to college like it's a strange thing that like it's such a unique thing to play and also in a way he was stunted emotionally by everything and he portrays that really well of someone who he's a father he's been a dad for 19 years but like he's kind of like still childlike in a way and he did some really interesting stuff i thought he'd like in a way stole a lot of the scenes he was in so uh, i recommend the film it's one of the better films of the year this and the second half of this year for sure and it's now in my top 10 of the year. A lot of people are saying that he's giving an Oscar-worthy performance. I'm, I'm really excited to check it out because of that specifically. And obviously the cast besides him is stellar. So go check that the out. The thing with him is like, I was like, he's so handsome. Is he going to be good at acting? <laughs> but yeah. he is great. He's fantastic. He's a good-looking guy. Uh, you have um, one other watch and then we watch two movies at the, together, right? Mm, no. They yes. Just, well, I have another watch. What are the two movies we watched together? We watched one last night and one today. Last night. What did we watch last night? Oh my god, I forgot yeah. to add it. Yeah, so do your LA Confidential, and then we'll do that together. How do you know that's what I watched? Because you told me like 17 times. Okay, that's you true. You woke up this morning like, I watched LA Confidential last night, man, and it was so good. Because it is. I wrote, four and a half stars. Always a great watch. This is Curtis, Curtis Hansen's film. I can't really think of anything else he's done as a director. Eight Mile. Uh, that's... Yeah, that's pretty much it. LA Confidential, there's really nothing like it that's been made last 40 years. It's a, a film noir set in LA, set in the 50s, 40s, I mean. And it's this incredible murder mystery, this cover-up. It's the kind of movies that used to always get made, but in a way, it's kind of a, it was always a, a dying genre leading into the 60s and 70s. And uh, this is just like pulpy, it's sexy, it's visually stunning, really well shot, incredible actors. We get Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe in very early roles from them. And then Kevin Spacey becoming a bigger star with this role. Amazing, amazing cast. And on top of that, like Kim Basinger, so many great actors, Danny DeVito. The movie's perfect. It's just like all around tight, great script, great production, great music. It's seedy. It, you know exactly what you're getting with this kind of film. But it's also hard to pull it off, to make it work. And on top of that, there's some great action. There's some brutal violence. 
there's a couple of really fantastic shootouts and there's some disturbing imagery so there, there's a couple of things that like i always forget about like the shotgun uh when Guy Pierce is chasing the perps and they get into one of the perps and he gets into an elevator and the door is closed, but he manages to stick the shotgun in and then he just fires and he's just like, you can only imagine the destruction that happened to the guy inside of the elevator. And then the doors open, there's blood everywhere. It's like, oh fuck, that's crazy. There's some awesome stuff in this movie. I love when Russell Crowe breaks the chair with his bare hands. Yeah. <laughs> he's so pissed off. Yeah. Crowe is amazing. All right, let's get into our two movies that we watched together. So last night we watched American Pie, the original from 1999. We're doing an episode on Monday, so don't miss that. It's going to be a raunchy discussion. We filmed it this morning. It was so much fun laughing our butts off. And this movie still makes me laugh my butt off. I gave it three and a half stars, and I didn't write a review because I'm not going to talk about it right now. You know, so this movie, as we'll discuss on Monday, it has some gross-out humor. It has really really only one or two things that haven't aged very well specifically the webcam scene where jim projects nadia while she's in her bedroom changing on the net yes. on the internet with his webcam has not aged at well at all that's a terrible thing to do but the thing with this movie every time one of these guys whether it's jim kevin oz stifler finch whoever every time they're using their methods to take advantage of a girl whether it's the sensitive thing or, or whatever. Every time they try to take advantage of a girl, they sort of get punished by karma. So Jim in that scene obviously has um, explodes in his pants twice, as Borat would say, <laughs> <laughs> on camera. So he gets humiliated on by the entire school. Stifler drinks that special beer that Kevin puts something in. And obviously other things happen to the other guys. Where So it has this, it has its heart in the right place in terms of giving life lessons at the same time as being hilarious and hysterical and gross out humor here and there. But the life lessons surprised me how many there were. Also life lessons on sex education or father-son dynamics of birds and the bees and also relationship education of not trying to take a, take advantage of like your girlfriend just because you want to lose your virginity. So it's hard as really in the right place, although not everything's aged very well and it's still very funny. I was shocked at how you know, it does have some pretty good messaging in it, and it does have some decent, decent, cute romance in it. It does. I'm, I was shocked, and I, I thought it was all, I thought it was all bad, and all of it didn't age well because I hadn't seen it in so long. I think it's been 20 years since I've seen this movie. Something like, like that. Teenage years. I don't know. I mean, you watched it when we were 17, 18. You don't know what I did when I was 17 or 18. <laughs> yeah, we fucking lived together. <laughs> I don't remember watching American Pie with you, man. Lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never you stopped watching it when you were 13. You're like, I'm too mature for this. No, I said 15. Wait, no, I'm I said 30. 20 years. It's like eight years ago, man. <laughs> Anyways. It's a film by Spielberg. <laughs> no, it's a George Lucas movie. George Lucas, George Lucas movie. Um, it is pretty funny. It's really funny, actually, at some point. Um, and I was actually I was surprised. I thought it was worse. And it's actually a lot better than I was expecting. I gave it three and a half stars on Letterboxd. And there is some really good comedy in it. There's some... Really, really funny jokes in there. I, I cackled like six times, laughing yeah. loud as hell. Like I was the surprised because sometimes you watch like a dated comedy and it's not funny at all anymore. But this is a movie where it's like I was laughing the whole time. It was good. And again, episode on Monday, so do your homework if you want and revisit one of the funniest comedies from the '90s with American Pie. And then the final watch of the week, we just left for the you. cinema. You watched something, but since we've seen this, no, I watched it last night. Just. You, you wanted to do American Pie, something we watched together. 
Oh, what? I watched something last night. Oh, okay. What did you watch last night? I watched. Sorry, you confused me for a sec. Well, you wanted to skip ahead. You, you watched something after American Pie? Yeah. You're a maniac. How do you get... You think you get to uh, <laughs> 500 million friends without making a few enemies, man? <laughs> <laughs> you think you can get to 13 movies a week by watching one a day? You we, fucking we, crazy? We watched a movie that ended at like 8 o'clock. You get these like, all right, London round two, back to back. I mean, I could have watched another one, but I decided to go to bed. <laughs> I watched Shadow of a Doubt, which came out in 1943, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Really great, um, lesser-known Hitchcock film. It's a murder mystery. It's about this man. He comes to he comes home to his family, not home to his family. He, go, he goes to visit his sister and her family, and he's like the beloved Uncle Charlie. However, there are hints and clues that he might be under investigation for murder, and he might be trying to hide out with the family. Uh, it's a really cool movie. It's really well, perfectly executed, perfectly directed. Um, it is a little slow, but once things get going, it's really fun. And Joseph Cotton, he's like one of the biggest movie stars at the time, and he's really fantastic in it. It's an awesome black and white film. Um, Alfred Hitchcock just showing why he's one of the greatest of all time that has ever lived and will ever live. So Shadow of a Doubt, if you're looking to get into lesser known Alfred Hitchcock pictures, I highly recommend this mystery. It's great. All it's right, good stuff. On to the final watch that we both did. We just yes. left the cinema, had an awesome time seeing Godzilla minus one. This movie was excellent, one of the best blockbusters of the year. I gave it four and a half stars, and my review is just simply holy shit. It's like Godzilla, except like Anthony said in the theater, Dunkirk, and like I said, Jaws. So if Godzilla, Dunkirk, and Jaws had a baby, that's this movie in the best ways in every aspect of those films. It's terrific. It's a monster movie, but it's also very much a human story. And I think it's such a great film. It's so well made. The visual effects are excellent. We have really solid CGI, as well as a ton of practical effects that you can clearly see. Use of miniatures, as well as even, I'm telling you, it looked like some prototype or large-scale models of Godzilla that were practical, in addition to CGI versions of Godzilla. It looked excellent. Yeah, this is... um. I haven't seen that many Godzilla movies, but this is the best one I've seen. I've seen maybe five or six of them in total. This is this was really good. It was deep too. It was human. I gave it four stars. It looked fantastic. The score was awesome. They brought that. They brought back the old theme, which sounded great uh, in the modern context. Um, but I wrote uh, Godzilla, but make it Dunkirk. This slapped, and it was um a cool new take on it. I loved the monster design because they went very old school. They uh, they didn't make him. So a problem, one of the problem with the American one from 2000 is they made it too sleek and they made Godzilla too like sexy, sec, too cool. <laughs> they made him cool, and you know they gave him like more of like he was like more of a normal body in terms of its length, length of arms and its body size. But this one really stuck to the roots of Godzilla: huge body, thick legs, tiny arms, kind of like almost T Rex ish. I mean, I love. I love the visual effects. It was just really fantastic, and um, the the heat vision, the heat rays, those were incredible. But they're great metaphors. Like obviously, Godzilla's always been a metaphor for the atom bomb, but there's a lot of great insight into uh, Japan's history and Japan's government. This wasn't just like anti-America. This was also an anti-Japanese government of its time. You know, the government that lied to its people, the government that didn't warn its people of impending danger on a massive scale. And so, for example, in this film, the Japanese government wasn't alerting cities about Godzilla approaching their cities because they didn't want to cause mayhem and panic. 
and that's the same thing that happened with the with the atom bombs. So uh, I thought they had they drew some really interesting parallels, and it was more about you know the government doesn't represent us as a people. We need to fight for our future on our own, and and we can't trust the people in power. So there were some really cool metaphors that I had never seen in a Godzilla movie before. Yeah, I had a lot of fun at this one. It was such a blast seeing it in IMAX, jaw on the floor multiple times. Best great, way to describe it. Great. Godzilla scenes. Yeah, amazing. It was, it was stuff. really awesome stuff. Best monster movie of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of like a big CGI blockbuster that's better than it this year. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps our Letterboxd recap number 28 this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let us know what you've been watching in the prompts on Spotify, as well as become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Link in the description as well if you want to support us there with all those awesome perks that you get. And also leave those five star ratings on Spotify and Apple. Also, share us with your family and friends. The best way for a podcast to grow is to share us word of mouth. Episodes next week, we'll be doing American Pie on Monday, like we said. And also, we're going to be doing Godzilla minus one on Wednesday. So, we're going to old school and new school in one week. It's going to be excellent. Then we got some Christmas movies coming, Christmas episodes for the end of December. Thank you all so much. 2023, we're going to go out strong with some bangers. And we appreciate you all for tuning in. See y'all next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.